0: Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back for the new year with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you?
1: I'm good. I feel like I haven't seen you in a million years, and I missed you. I know. And, and
0: now that I'm on death's bed, it's even better. Get oh, your thought, time in now.
1: <laughs> I thought, oh, you know, before he kicks the bucket, uh, <laughs> we might as well hop back on and chat some.
0: Uh, we should We should probably uh, bring Eric up to speed. So our, our guest today is Eric Rosa. You guys what? all know him as the new CEO oh, of CrossFit. Eric, how are you? I'm doing well. So we're, What's going
2: on with the deathbed reference?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I am officially positive for the coronavirus. I was and afraid you might say that. How how far in are you? I am on day five. So I've actually I've been blogging it every day on my uh, on my page just to help people that CrossFit kind of understand what it does to your body. Cause I kept I kept seeing posts from people going, oh, I'm on day four of Rona, I'm gonna go do Murph. <laughs> I'm like, You're gonna die. Don't do that shit. Like it's terrible. Gonna <laughs> <die. You know? laughs> So I've been uh, kind of keeping track of my symptoms, my blood oxygen, my heart rate and like posting that for everyone as well as the symptoms to give them an idea what it what it feels like. It's a it's a roller coaster, man. It's <laughs> it's about as much fun as you've heard and I'm lucky. I'm you on know, the on the light end of it, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, I only have a few close friends who have um who have had it in a you know in a way that was symptomatic, you know, um but um, they've all, a lot of them have had very different experiences with it. You know, you, not just the level of severity or the duration, but e- like some of them was only pulmonary issues and some of them mm-hmm. didn't have any lung issues at all. It's very bizarre.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's been odd in that regard. Like, uh, heart rate and blood oxygen has been perfect the whole time. Uh, you know, again, thank God for CrossFit because it's, you know, great you know, resting heart rate, um, and humble brag. Uh, humble Real brag heart
1: just saying. I no know.
0: big deal. I I love posting that number, man. It's like straight up 50 every time I'm doing it. I love matter of fact, my, my daughter walked downstairs. I was going to get them tested, and I'm like, let's take yours before we go. And so she walks downstairs and I put it on her finger, and it was like 116. I'm like, baby girl, you gotta start working out. You were going downstairs <laughs> with gravity, and you're at 116. Like it's time to get you on the assault bike. But um <laughs> anyway. But, you know, it's like all the typical symptoms, fever, um, cough, uh, congestion has been really light for me. So I haven't had any of the long issues that, you know, you hear, thank God. Um, but, you know, just it's weird not working out's weird. I'm like, I'm so used to being in the gym every day. It's like, I don't know what to do you, with myself. Are you going for walks? Are you not even doing that? I am. As a matter of fact, I, I've been kind of testing like things that make me feel better, things that make me feel worse. Um, you, this thing wants you to lay down. That's the one thing I figured out like really early on, like it wants you laying down doing
2: nothing so it can kill you. Like that's, mm-hmm. and so I get up. Oh, you didn't mean it wants you laying down. So you should listen to it. You're saying it wants you lay down. So don't listen to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It wants you laying down. Um, you know, I think to make you feel worse. So like anytime I started to feel bad, I would get up and walk around and I'd almost immediately feel better. Oh, I also um, found very quickly that you have to eat. Like I start, I set a food timer and I eat every two hours now and I, feel infinitely better when I get food in me than when I haven't eaten in enough time. Hmm. Um, I got on my C2 bike yesterday. I, I biked really slow for like 15 minutes. You know, like I never got my heart rate over 70 um, and that I felt infinitely better after that. So I think, you know, movement seems to be the key and just keeping food in you and lots of liquids and don't do anything dumb.
2: Yeah.
1: I also have a food timer set for every two hours, but that's just cause I'm a bitch when I get hangry. <laughs>
2: Do you actually have a food timer set? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. No. I don't.
1: John does. My Are husband sh- wishes I would. <laughs> Quick, get her some wheat thins. Hurry. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's been a very, a very interesting, uh, interesting five days. So we'll see how the next five go. And then we'll, we'll talk about uh, the Rona while we're on here. I did want to start. You know, Eric, it's funny to get you on. So this podcast started uh about a year and a half ago and our first guest uh was previous CEO so Greg came on oh, was the first yeah. was the very first guest and so I went back and listened to the episode and it was really funny. At some point during that interview, this is absolutely true so everybody can go verify. I had done my research going in and had dug into his Twitter feed. And in it, he was ripping some CEO a new one over something. I forget what. And so I said to him in the interview, I'm like, Greg, please tweet more. I swear to God, I said this. Oh,
1: my God, John, you're I did. the reason.
0: I go, please tweet more. It's we totally love hearing your it. Fault. And we had this big laugh on it. And I'm listening back to it in hindsight going, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. So, Eric, <laughs> please turn your Twitter off. Don't tweet. I'm just
1: <laughs> The, the advice comes full circle.
0: I know. It was it was such a weird moment to listen back, but we're really excited to get you on uh, and we know your time is valuable, so we'll try to not be too stupid like we are with everyone else. I appreciate I, would, appreciate I know I
1: we like thought of actual questions to, to make this a little bit more of not a formal interview, but like I I am just so incredibly curious about how your life has been going. I mean, this whole past few months has been such a whirlwind for everyone within the CrossFit community, but no one more than you and being at the helm of all of these changes, so many of which have been for the better. I mean, your entire world must have just gone totally upside down. How has how have things changed for you since, I would say since taking over, but honestly really more since the games, because that to me is such a, a flag in the sand of a successful moment. And the things that you are trying to push forward and trying to accomplish.
2: Yeah, um, well, I would say things continue continue changing. There's not like a uh, steady. John and I both have cats trying to get picture, <laughs> so we. <laughs> They're
1: allowed to come in. You need to bring them in on that. Um, uh,
2: It's been it's been really uh, it's been really crazy. You know the the level of day to day intensity um, is. Is like something in the workplace. I don't just mean in the box, of course. Um, has been at a you know a much more elevated level than I, frankly, than I felt for years. And um, it's some of it's exhilarating, some of it's exhausting. Um, some of it, like any, you know, like any job, some of it's actually tedious, right? That yeah. would be the right description, too. Um, I have to remind people say, like, do you pinch yourself sometimes and say, like, oh, my God, you know, you, you caught the car like this is it, this is what you want. And my friends who have known me a long time have known this was, a, you know, a long time dream of mine. And the answer is I seldom do that. And maybe I should do it more. I'm so kind of in the experience that I'm just moving forward kind of um, and probably like a lot of us, I maybe don't take as much time as I should to to stop and smell the roses and go, wow, like this is friggin amazing. You know, yeah. I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and so there, there are good things about that. But the downside is, you know, less time to kind of enjoy things and nothing's ever good enough. So I'm a little bit of that um, tendency as a person, which I'm aware of, at least, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but how do I say this? It's, it is you, this is the sort of like dream and goal for you, but at the same time, it's not necessarily a position that is entirely new. I mean, you've been at the helm of these larger type corporations in the past. So I'd be curious to know outside of just the fact that, you know, you love CrossFit. And so this is more of a passion than just work. How has it been a different experience running this organization from sort of your past and, and all of that experience that you bring to this, which is also incredibly important.
2: Well, I want to start with the former thing you just said, Nikki, I don't want to just dismiss that because it's obvious, but there's an interesting implication that I think permeates everything that's going on right now is the fact that the the reality is that in my previous jobs, it just, it was increasingly not perfectly aligned with who I am and what Mm -hmm. I wanted to be and what I thought my purpose was. And, you know, you especially start thinking about this stuff You know, in the last, if I look back over the last three years, you know, I've turned 50, I've gotten divorced, I've lost both my parents, left the job I was running for 14 years or 12 years, a lot of life change, right? And, um... So you start thinking like, what are you, what are you waiting for to do that, which feels like it has the most purpose and meaning to you? And this was it, you know, this, this is it. So once that happens, it does, it does permeate or infiltrate everything, right? Cause you, you remind yourself, look, this is, you know, this is it. There's, I'm not trying to do this to get to something else on the other side. I'm not trying to do this to impress someone or to, um, you know, make a buck. I was, for, I was fortunate in, in some previous opportunities where that wasn't the, the motivating factor for me. You know, it hasn't been for a long time. And so there's no other reason to do this beyond doing it because I feel like this is what I should be doing. Mm. And so when you're, when you're kind of in touch with that level of clarity, which doesn't happen 24 seven, but you have your moments. It's really invigorating and empowering. And I was talking to a friend about it last night. I work with a, I work with kind of a, like an executive coach and life coach, right? Just a guy I've worked with for a long time who gives me perspective on, on life and on work and everything. And we, we went for a two hour walk in the dark last night. And I, by the way, I highly recommend that to everybody. I I just think, I think I, I, you know, I'm always like a rain or shine kind of guy. I don't care how cold it is, how hot it is, whatever you know, I just really am a big believer in long walks by yourself with friends Um, and they'd always have to be athletic and, you know, just moving kind of like John said, right. It just moving is just so good for you. But we went on a two hour walk last night and he was asking me about the notion of like, when do I feel confident in the decisions I'm making and when do I not feel confident in them? And I said there are definitely times when i'm unsure right so uh, which you could call not quite confident is this the right thing the other times though it's not so much that i feel a confidence it's much more of a flow state like this is what we're doing right so there are times when i question myself i'm like shit i'm not sure but the alternative is not to say oh i feel confident it's just being part of the Just being part of it. Um, and I think that has a lot to do again with just the the feeling that this is, um, this is kind of what I'm meant to be doing as far as I know. Um, and so that's been the biggest change in life for me. Um, the, the, on the, you know, I think mostly on the positive side, on the challenging side, which I knew coming in. And I think a lot of people who knew me, a lot of my closest friends were. Uh, you know I guess you know somewhat worried about while being happy for me is the ability to draw boundaries around it is really tough for me, like it just wants to consume everything and i 'm a pretty motivated person and so if you come from a mode where like you just want to continuously make things better and you 're completely passionate about this thing you want to do it for ten years. Then putting boundary guardrails around it and saying, like, I'm truly going to unplug and it's not the end of the world if we don't get to X, Y, Z for a month or two months, or we push this goal and say we're going to do it in 2022, not 2021. Those kinds of decisions are more challenging maybe than when you're not as um, passionate about what you're doing, I guess.
1: How? I I mean, like, that's like, you talk to volunteer coaches at their CrossFit gyms. Like, we cannot draw those boundaries ourselves. Anyone who's in this and loves this the way that we do. Like, I can't say no when someone's like, Hey, do you want to like do this real thing real quick for CrossFit? I have zero time in my schedule and I should be sleeping, but like, yes, I will definitely do it because I love this. How in the heck do you find a way to, to separate? You have to, you have to for survival. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm still learning. I think one is getting more comfortable uh, saying no and, you know, maybe letting people down or or feeling like you're going to let them down or disappoint them and just saying, look, I, you know, I'm not the right person to help you with this or this sounds really cool, but I can't, but I'm, you know, I'm just not going to prioritize it right now. Um, Those kinds of discussions are important. I don't think I fully appreciated. I think a lot about like, what is CrossFit? If you just ask that question, what is it? You know, it's a company, it's a brand, it's a workout, it's a sport, it's a tribe, it's a, an ecosystem, you know, you have all these different ways of describing it. One thing it definitely is, is an institution, right? And so many people have, millions of people have so much passion around it. And, you know, and, and I think, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, there are, you know, a million, two million more people out there around the world who would say that CrossFit has changed their lives. You know, and in fact, I estimate that over a 100,000 people, including, you know, the three of us on this call, make our living in the CrossFit ecosystem, right? So it's this institution where it's been life-changing, it's a source of income every day, it can be the best part of your day, it's transformed your your body, maybe the way you think about life, maybe your, you know, your mental state. There's so much passion and so, you have a right and a desire to have input into that and to have your thoughts heard. And, you know, whether you're a cardiologist in Brazil or, you know, or whether you're um, you know, whether you're a um, somebody who's a, a, a games masters athlete, who has a point of view on how the scoring should be done or whatever, like these are all different people who have different vantage points on CrossFit and they deserve to be, heard and they have a lot of passion around it. And so trying to, yeah, trying to figure out a way to have people feel heard and have input without (laughs) without all funneling through me or frankly, even through my team is is like, I think it's an ongoing challenge because I really groove on talking to people. Like I love it, right? I really value connection with people and I love being challenged. I love, I love discussing ideas. I love, you know, I love a great debate, you know, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, again, I don't have any answers on this. I just like, I'm on this journey right now. I have an amazing assistant, Parisa, who helps me, who you guys work with in getting this schedule, but who's really helping me find the balance between being accessible, but also preserving t- time to re-energize. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing we're doing, and Parisa really drove this and it's awesome. She's like, look, Eric, if you're leading you know, if you if you're building the world's leading platform for health, happiness, and performance, we have to look at your health, happiness, and performance, and you have to yourself, right? And and kind of walk walk that talk. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's a scary mirror to hold up right now, because what I've really been doing is saying, you know what it's gonna be complete insanity for three months or six months or 12 months or 18 months or whatever, and then things will cool down. But we all know what happens in that six, three, six, 12, 18 months, you know, life can change dramatically, you can get hit by a bus. So I, I don't believe in living that way. I think you gotta you know seize the moment every day. So we're trying to do that now. And Literally yesterday was day one, first day back, Was <laughs> I actually am reporting back to Parisa every night on how, what my energy level was like, How punctual or non punctual I was to meetings, whether um, I felt like I had high impact and, you know, was performing well or not. And then I'm also noting things about like. How much did I slept? What were my interactions with my kids look like? Like all kinds of things like that. So I'm just gonna start. To, I need an accountability partner for stuff like that. Like I won't. I won't stick to something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
1: <laughs> you I'll, need Parisa at the end of the night to be yeah. like, <clears throat> Eric, your yeah, report, yeah. sir.
2: I mean, I'll show. I'll show up to the gym in the morning. Like I'm good about that. But like when it comes to like tracking a bunch of other stuff, it's just it, it's not something I'll make time for. So this is so I'm one for one so far. Like I, nice. I, I never. Nailed it my first day. So nice. and by the way, I was I gave myself a um, I think a nine out of ten on energy yesterday and, and the day before I hadn't been feeling very good because I was coming back from a week out of town with the kids to do list totally overloaded email like, you know, at, backed up a week and it just was kind of de-energized on Sunday. And then yesterday morning I woke up in a fantastic place. One thing that I've um, that i've you know been conscious of for a long time and i've really tried to formalize it over the last 3 to 6 months is this notion of creating a buffer for myself in the morning so there's a time i need to even if i haven't slept enough like i'll do it at the expense of sleep now that's the experiment i'm doing i'm going to take time and i'm going to you know do some combination of journaling meditation um playing the guitar and just to, and hopefully like ideally it's like you know, some somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour. But my rule is even if it's only 10 minutes, it's got to happen. And so um, I'm what I'm trying to measure now is how does that correlate to how well that day goes? Mm. And I'm, I'm playing around with a bunch of stuff with my sleep in partnership with a, with a great new uh, um, medical practice that I'm seeing um, just different habits around sleep. And the big one there that I'm trying for the first time is don't read in bed anymore. Only really? only sleep in bed like oh. that's, so that's I didn't do well on that when I was on vacation in Florida but when I'm home I'm trying to really train myself when you are in this room you fucking sleep yeah <laughs> I mean, and I'm a big reader historically and I have so little time now I tend to only do it in the five minutes before bed you know before I fall asleep I'm like you are not allowed to do that anymore huh. and that so, so interesting. I don't know, I'll see how it works but that's kind of the goal. and then similarly when I wake up no reading in bed, even on a weekend or anything like get out. Of, you can read, but go up to go to a different room. <laughs> like, this is the room where your body learns to sleep. So I don't know how that's going to work, but that's I'm playing around with that right now, too.
1: Damn, my sleep hygiene blows yeah
2: um, <laughs> i'd be like try
1: not to watch an entire movie on your phone at, at like 1 a.m right before bed in bed cool cool it's so <laughs> that's funny. where i'm at
2: like the night before last i had slept really shitty the night before on saturday night so on sunday night i told the kids let's and i have um i have four kids but three of them are at home with me um half the time and um I said, we're going to bed. I want everybody in bed by 8.30, which, you know, meant we kind of got there by 9. This was Sunday night. And I was myself was in bed by like 9.30. And I didn't check the computer after they went to bed. I didn't check email. And I slept till like five, which is so it was like actually a good amount of sleep, even though I, you know, because I went to bed early and I felt great. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And then last night, put the kids to bed. Like, I got to send out these three emails an hour and a half later. I'm like, oh, It's after 11. I go to bed. I wake up at four in the morning, sitting there like, I got to go back to sleep, half slept until six, and then wasn't in that good a place. I'm like, hmm, Hmm. I've only got two data points, but I'm drawing some (laughs) kind of, get your ass to bed sooner, you know, but then there's a consequence because then I'd wake up with more stuff to have to deal with. So I don't know, Uh, work in progress.
1: Being a human is hard.
2: It is. It's fun though.
0: I love the, I love the concept though. The morning journal, I'd start mine with a, uh, a morning last year. It was a gratitude post this year. It's um, a, a uplift. Like I'm trying to find ways to uplift others and myself, like kind of I the first, them. kind of my first step of the day. And then to your point, like I, I'm trying to be more mindful of finding time to play guitar because that's a real passion for me. So it's something that helps me escape from, from work and, I hate to say escape from my kids, but you got to escape from that too. Yeah, sometimes, you
2: know. And John, I think you and I, you know, judging by our backgrounds, we have one of the same approaches, which is when, um, when my, um, when my ex and I separated a couple, which is a little over two years ago, one of the things I did, as I said, in my, you know, my new, whatever bachelor pad, the most, one of the most important things is having guitars out outside their cases so that every time, and you can kind of see them there behind me, um, every time, every time I walk into my, uh, my, you know, core living area, my great room, whatever you want to call it, they're sitting there calling to me. And instead of being in cases in closets behind the closet door, which is where they were. And so then a week could go by. I wouldn't even think about it, but now it's like, they're always there saying, Hey, pick me up. You know, I got one mm-hmm. in my, I got one in my bedroom, but again, as we talked about, I'm trying not to do other things. you're like not
1: allowed is. to play guitar in bed, <laughs> not allowed. <laughs>
2: What, the, what are the two guitars? What do you play in? Um, you know what? I was a long time, a long time ago, I became a, um, you know, an acoustic guy. I play right. with a lot of electric musicians, but I like to play the acoustic. And I was always a Martin guy. Right. And then um, through a weird confluence of events, two different friends who don't know each other. Gave me Gibson acoustics within six months of each other It was so weird. No one's ever given me a guitar before. They were like two of the nicest gifts I've ever gotten. They were really touching. It was around the time one was one of my best friends were growing up and, and my mom had just died and he came out to be with me and said, I'm buying you a new guitar. You know, you're starting a new life with, you know, as a single guy and you, you deserve a new guitar. And that was super touching. And, um, he got me the, the smaller of the two back there, the one, the kind of one. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, um, and then a, a friend who was, a, um, a, a kind of a professional friend who, but who was also a guitarist showed up one day and he said, I just want to thank you for everything in our relationship and how you've helped with my career, you know, as a friend and, and advisor and all that. And, um, he, pulled out this unbelievable guitar, which has become kind of my main axe, which is the one in oh, man, spastic. Here. The bigger oh, one on the front. The bigger one. And that's another Gibson. So um they sound very different from each other. And I just I love playing them. Um and this room is really the cool room. I mean you can see the ceiling, but it has a white white oak floor and ceiling. And it just has amazing natural reverberation. So it just has a beautiful warm sound, both for singing and playing. So I, it's a it's a happy place. for me. you see a lot of trees and all that. A lot of windows. It's a very happy place for me. Yeah, I've been playing
0: Martin uh, Martin acoustic for some time. I probably similar story to some degree. When I got divorced, I'd my dad had bought me a guitar when I was twelve, and I'd had the same guitar for decades. And when I got divorced, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna like really start in you know playing smartly, like really spend time doing it and so i'm like i'll go buy a nice guitar so i went and i played taylor's and martin's and gibson's and i don't know if your experience with the guitars is like this but sometimes you just find a guitar that just fits you you know like you just put your hands on it and yeah it's, it's like i i relate it to like it's like your perfect pair of jeans like you just put it in your hands you're like oh my god this is the this is it you know and it certainly wasn't the most expensive martin on the wall but it just fit and man, I have loved that guitar. Like it, it gets a unbelievable amount of play and I have a ton of electrics here, but the Martin gets more play than anything else. It's just, it's like the easiest thing to pick up. It's your go-to, it's your kind of your comfort zone. And to the point of the disconnecting, like I'm able to pick it up and whatever I've worried about at work for the day, whether there's people that work for me or my kids, or even, you know, crappy workouts at the gym, it, it can, it just kind of melts away, you know, and so I, yeah. I think it's a great place to be to to find time to do that. I wish more people would do it. I'm, I've been trying to encourage more people to do it because I think it's healthy, super healthy. It is. Yeah. You
1: guys, you guys, can you, can you guys play a song together?
0: Absolutely well, I not.
2: would
1: love to <laughs> hear you guys not. play a song together. Was that a tall not. ask for this podcast? You know, I'm just wondering.
2: Good, you know what the good excuse for not doing that is that you don't have perfect... Um, synchronicity with zoom. So it'll be out of phase. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. No, totally. We could never do exactly. that. Mm-mm, exactly. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to email Parisa after this and I'm going to be like, Eric needs to unwind and we need to schedule a, a musical zoom call for the future. And it's going to help him with his energy levels for the following day. So
0: that we'll do that in the future. I, I say what we do is when and if we get a CrossFit games in person again, yes, I'll drive to Matt. I'll, I'll drive to Madison, which I do anyway. I'll bring my guitar. Eric, you bring one with you, or I'll bring two. You don't even have to travel with one, and we'll play there. How about that? One hundred percent. Yeah,
1: I love it.
0: Uh, spe- I love speaking
2: it. of uh, live games, we have an open coming up. <gasps> I'm right. So excited. Yeah. You know who else would be in for that, John? I know is uh, is Dan Bailey. He uh, oh,
1: totally.
2: He saw me playing the guitar in that in the uh, in the Buttery Brothers uh, thing they did on our L one, and um, he just he shot me. a know, we haven't even met yet. But he's like, dude, that's so cool. I'm like, I'm really into guitar too. And yes, that's awesome. Have you heard I,
1: him play? He's a beautiful voice. Oh, he's great. Oh, that's
2: awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't I
0: would play. just like
1: to also enter the guitar club for a moment. I, I played for ten years. I'm just saying that out loud. Oh, nice. And you still. I did. No, no, I stopped in college.
0: Dude, you want to you want to be pissed off. Nikki had a boyfriend who stole her American strat.
1: That's why I stopped.
0: So she quit playing.
1: My ex-boyfriend stole my strat.
0: Don't
2: let don't let him get you down. Don't I let him know. get you down.
1: Well, <laughs> since then I've really enjoyed having nice long nails and pretty manicures, so I never went back. But yes, that is when I stopped.
0: Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick break from the uh, the conversation with Eric and talk about our new sponsors for the week. So Nikki, we had two this week. Um,
1: cool.
0: brand new one that reached out to me several weeks ago, a company called Blue Emu. So B O U dash E M U. And they make these awesome bath pods. So I think they knew how basic I am. Maybe uh-huh. um, <laughs> that must be it. But uh, you know, I guess I I take soft baths all the time for recovery. Love it. You know, and uh, so they reached out to me and said, Hey, we've got these bath pods. They're made from emu oil, uh, peppermint oil, and magnesium, and they'll help soothe your muscles and joints. And so I'm like, All right, well, give it a try, see what it, uh, you know, feels like. And amazing. Totally amazing. Really. Now, back when I could smell, back in those days. Oh yeah, pre-Rona days. Pre-pre-Rona days, uh, the peppermint or you know, kind of a menthol is uh, really amazing. Like I could, cool. it give you the visual. I could sit there and uh, like it just you know would really uh, make me feel great. It was amazing. But, Do you um, just
1: like pour yourself a glass of wine, run the bath, make it nice and steamy, light a candle?
0: Yeah, soft music. Yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. It's great. <laughs> um, but, you know, besides the fact they're really amazing for me for for uh, as a recovery tool, or at least that's what I use them for. You know, the best thing is they actually offered me a discount for everyone that's listening. So if you use the code WOD, W O D, no shock there. Uh, and hit the link in my bio, or you can go directly to their website, which is bou-emu.com. Uh, you can get uh, basically buy one get one. So cool! Oh, those yeah. are the best deals. Uh, yeah, and they're they're ten bucks a box, so you get uh, two of these. Uh, they're like lacrosse ball size pods in the each box, and so it's buy one get one, and it's amazing. So that's
1: perfect.
0: Yeah, big recommendation on the blue emu blue- blue- blue.
1: Well, speaking of recovery, our other sponsor for today is also a recovery tool, but not only recovery, it's like training and recovery. Um, It's Airwave, the performance mouthpiece goes in your mouth hole, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has been trolling me so hard since the last time I said that. So I figured I would just bring it up again. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about Airwave uh, for a couple of weeks now. I think now is a really cool time if you haven't given it a try yet, but want to, to pull the trigger and grab one because we're in open prep. Man, And here's another training tool that could really help increase your performance. It's a little um, mouthpiece that is not at all like the old school ones that you wore when you like played soccer or, or lacrosse to like protect your actual, like, it's not like a mouth guard. If it's nice and slim, you can still kind of like breathe through it and talk when it's in. And it just directs your tongue down and forward, which basically creates this like optimal airway opening so that you can breathe through really tough workouts and endurance workouts. And it's got science behind it. I mean, it increases your endurance. It increases your muscular endurance. So that's strength. Um, and it helps you recover because it reduces cortisol buildup by up to 50%. So if you are interested in trying this out and adding it to your training Especially now, as we're prepping for the open, now's a great time. Check out airwave a i r w a a v
0: dot com. And you got the spelling right this time, Nikki. So uh, that's I great. Know. Good job. I know.
1: Thank way, you. Morning. Way,
0: way to use your head and your mouth hole. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> with that, uh, back to the conversation with Eric.
1: But yeah, um, let's. Can we switch gears for a hot second? Because yeah. I am beyond excited for the open coming up and i i shouldn't be i always do the thing where i get like so excited and then get so stressed and then like every week it's happening i'm like oh, i'm so excited it's here and then every day that i do the workout i'm like oh why do i do if this you have, myself? Nikki,
2: if you have, how do you both of you how do you handle your personal goals around the open how do you think about that yeah go first Nikki.
1: You know, it all, for me, it always depends on the workouts. I don't, I don't find myself setting large overall goals like I just want to be better than last year. It's very workout specific. So, you know, if it's uh, like muscle-ups are the bane of my existence, right? So if it's a muscle-up workout, it's like, how am I going to hit these movements that I'm not so confident in? Or is it going to be better this year than last year? Am I going to set a PR on a very specific movement? So it's always – it's week-to-week week for me with the goal setting.
0: That's just – That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's changed for me in the last couple of years based on uh, my page, truthfully. In years past, I've always done it to compare uh, my scores against previous years to see how I kind of stack up against my age group. In the last uh, three years, I've scaled it. Now, I I would argue I'm an RX athlete uh, for my age group because I can do all the movements except for handstand walks. Um, But I've chosen to scale mostly because I want people to know that scaling's not a crime. Like I just, I I get feedback from so many people that, you know, they, they want to scale, but they're scared to because they're afraid people are make fun of them. And like, I'm, I'm trying to show them like scaling is really hard. Like these are not easy workouts scaled. Like some of the hardest workouts I've ever done were last year. Like I was so impressed with last year's programming. You know, I went in thinking, all right, I'll scale. I'm probably the fittest I've ever been. It won't be that hard. And I nearly died like four or five times. Like it was so bad. Um, but it was great by that, you know, aspect. It was also great for me to see like, kind of, you know, how hard was I willing to push myself in these scaled workouts? And the answer was pretty damn hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people walked away from that thinking, all right, well, maybe I should rethink my training methods. You know, like, I just don't want to come out of the open beat up like, and, and ruin the rest of my year's training. I'm not competing. Like, I'm not trying to go to the games or, or anything else. I just, I want to feel good. I want to, I'm you know, 50 years old, for God's sakes, you know, so
1: what about you, Eric?
2: Um, well, it's funny, right? I, this is my first time doing the uh, doing the <laughs> open as someone who were um, anyone other than me cared about. <laughs> <laughs> what my were. So there, depending how you look at it, that could be a whole new level of pressure. I'm trying to make it the opposite. Um, I'm a, I'm definitely a few years. It's been a few years, I think, since I felt like I was in kind of peak CrossFit shape. I, I basically started to use CrossFit more to, you know, just train for life, especially the last two years. I won't happen this year, but each of the last two years, I skied about 50 days and I just was very focused around skiing in the winter, right? During, you know, as the open was getting started and working out a lot less in the gym. Um, and so, um, until 2018, I was super, um, you know, I don't know the right terms. Competitive with myself, and you know, relatively stressed about the open. And you know, I'd be pissed if the if the you know when those heavy deadlifts came in before the handstand walk. I'm like, God damn it! But I knew I couldn't make it through those in time. You know, post Diane and all that to get to the handstand walk, which would be a relative strength for me. Um, and I sure enough, I didn't. Right. And then I think Nikki, that's where your attitude is so much more healthy, right. To go like, look, this is what the draw is. I I'm not, I'm not the guy who's going to whatever the, I can't remember what were they, what were they? 275, 285. I'm not the guy who's going to get done 30 of those fast. So I'm not going to get to the handstand walk. So that's cool. Let me enjoy yeah. it. Um, so I think this year, because I don't have that, yeah, that heightened level of wanting to be uber competitive, um, I just, I want to enjoy it this year. Um, I will, yeah, I, I think I'll do the work. I mean, my plan is to do the workouts RX and to enjoy them and, you know, push myself relatively hard and, and, um, try not to worry about it too much, you know, and, um, and have fun. And I think I will, but again, admittedly, knowing that people will be checking out my score. Like I'm highly (laughs) confident that no one checked out my score over the last five, six years, whatever it's been. Right. Um, So um, that's, that's a different feeling. Um, It is, it is interesting and tempting because, you know, we've, you know, we've basically expanded this year, the number of people who will make, you know, what we're calling effectively the quarterfinals, right? The online qualifier that we've, you know, we've typically done this for masters. Now we're doing it for everybody, but in masters as well as others, it's kind of looks more like a, you know, a a bigger cut. You know, I don't know if 10% is the exact right number. I, you know, I'm not the expert on how everything's breaking down, but there will be significantly more masters athletes in every division who make it to the next round. And because of that, It's tempting for me to go, oh, I think that could happen this year still. Oh right, my the God. And, you know, and Dave eggs me on a little bit and I'm like, you of know, course. just stop it. Right. Cause he <laughs> also probably, I, I don't know if you know entirely, but you could guess given my body size right away, 162 pounds, probably guess what my strengths and weaknesses are. I'm like, is he going to intentionally program this? So I get completely smoked. <laughs> <You know>? Oh <laughs> my <won't>, God. <laughs> he won't do that. Um, but it is funny. Cause I can get sucked into that. Wow. I, it's really important to, Try to make the online qualifier, but I would not say that's a, that's not a goal for me. My goal is really to enjoy it and just give it a good run and have fun with it.
1: Yeah, you say that and I say that too and every time I'm like you know I'm just gonna have fun I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move for 15 minutes it's not a big deal and you tell that to my tummy and the nervous poops that I get for like four days before <laughs> every workout like there's no way to calm my nerves even when I set those goals well, I so- think it's
2: here's what I think I think like you know it's always about the mental game right everything and becoming yeah. a better person and I think I think doing the open is so good for us every year, right. To do this check-in it's so fun. And I think if part of the open for me and for you, Nikki, for sure, John, it sounds like you've, you've conquered that side of yourself, but like for part of it for us is, is making sure we're prioritizing the enjoyment because it's not worth, um, you know, it's not worth spending, um, you know, weeks out of the year stressed about last that you didn't do well enough the prior week or right. you or or you know what the next week's gonna bring like life is too short for that so you've got to enjoy it i did this um i did this uh crazy hike in the grand canyon a couple years with uh, ago with friends without kind of training it was rim to rim to rim so it was like 52 miles straight with a ton of elevation and I just had this, and a couple of my buddies were running, right? They were, they ran the whole thing and ran oh it in. Like, oh my god! Oh, Who are your
1: friends? My god!
2: They're CrossFitters, but they're Boulder CrossFitters, so they got uh, the endurance gene too, right? And I hadn't trained at all, and my feet were all ripped up. I had just started doing um, AT, you know, backcountry skiing, and I had ripped up my heels and had blisters starting. It. And I just said to myself, "Okay, the rule is, I don't care how long it takes." Um, And um I have to um I have to enjoy and I'm gonna finish and I have to enjoy it no matter what. Like I'm like that's the rule. That's where this you know, focus on every step has to be pure bliss. (laughs) How are you going to make that happen? Wise guy. So I think like an element like that, where you change the game you're playing a little bit is for me, that can be very helpful. It's like, that's the game I'm playing. and That's the game I'm playing with the open is I want to test myself. I want to push myself hard. I want to feel good about how I did. I want to leave it all out on the floor relative to where I think my conditioning is right now. You know, I may or may not reduce some workouts. I don't think I will, but I don't put it out of the question that I would do that once or twice. My body doesn't tend to be one that loves to do the same workout two or three times in the same, you know, four-day period. Um, but the but the win is really going to be having fun with it, right, as well as doing that.
0: That's well, my game. I'll go on record, Eric. I did not get it out of my system. So I I, I finished second worldwide, by the way, in the scale division. So. Wow. I, so I, I did okay, but to your point, I redid the workouts like two or three times, and right. it, so it was it was just as hard. But now that it's just occurred to me that I think we're in the same age division, <gasps> I might I might need
2: to RX.
1: Oh <laughs> my god! Maybe did you hear him say? Years. It's been years since he's oh, done man. this. Oh so you
2: just we're just going to put more competition on ourselves.
1: I'm dead.
2: I uh, know. Maybe.
1: Uh, can you? I know that it, it's a little bit. Um, we don't have all the information yet, but can you speak at all to the accessibility of the Open this year? Just you know, the first time we're ever seeing sort of like a home option, an equipmentless option. Yeah. Obviously, bringing COVID into the fold, we have to do what we can to make sure that everyone can participate.
2: Wow. I mean, there are so many changes this year to the open, you know, and, and I think some people will be like, Oh my God, you you have to change this many things at once. And the answer is you absolutely don't, but there are certain things that we really felt it was important to do. Um, and then, and, and then one of them became be aware that, you know, much of the world is likely still going to be shut down. Right. And make it really hard for people to go into, go into gyms. Um, you know, and so Uh, Just a few things that we thought about. One is put and I I just kept pushing Dave and the team on this start as late as possible. Right. We have to we have to reverse engineer into all our partners holding semifinal events and our, you know, our contract with Madison. But every week that we push it back. Is you know, X million more vaccines and X million more city councils around the world. In the U.S., we tend to forget that, you know, half or more of the open participants. I mean, I think it could be 60 percent this year are outside the U.S. And they have their own version of hell going on with with the reality of covid and also lockdown decisions. And, you know, um, so like start as late as possible, have a home option and then make it so you don't have to have equipment like those were super important right and so we went through all kinds of permutations so the first thing is it's a fairly limited equipment list and it gets we'll add a bit of equipment over the workouts but initially and dave's talked about this right it's going to like we're really trying to make it so that you so that this can be robust to any environment we won't nail it but we're really trying to do that and and part of it is there is a no equipment option that you can do anywhere i mean if you live in a you know, 300 square foot apartment somewhere or you can only work out outside, there's going to be an open workout for you that you can compete with people around the world at. And, and that may have like over a hundred thousand people doing it, which is super cool, but it's, a, it's, these are compromises, but I think we learn from, them. it's like stage one of the games, massive compromise, but still really friggin' cool. Yeah. And I think we've learned from that things will do differently, you know, as a result in the future, even without COVID. Right. So you just keep learning. So I think the first one is, any stage of lockdown, any amount of equipment, you can play in the open. That that's a that's a kind of a key thing. Um, in terms of, um, and then I think this notion that, and Dave and I had a meeting of the minds on this immediately. We sat down with uh, with Justin and and Jonathan was there, I think, and maybe a couple other people. And uh, oh, David Woods was there too. And we talked about this was days after the announcement the notion that we wanted more people to advance, basically the notion of a quarterfinals, right? Love K- it. And I um and I and I was like I talked about myself as an athlete. And I said, look, a couple of years ago when I just missed that 200 cutoff, and I missed it by one clean. <laughs> you know, it's like ah, my <laughs> heart. And, and um and it was definitely my peak condition. So I was like, well, I can't complain because this is what I got. You know, given, but I go like I would have paid so much and been so excited to compete again, to fly somewhere or do it online, even though I didn't, not with a goal of getting further, just because I felt like I had earned it, you know? And so it was like, yeah, yeah, we really wanna do that. So it was like kind of, we were on the same page. So this notion of like, this is what's so cool, right? 10% of people in every continent around the world, the top 10% are gonna to get to move to a quarterfinals. How cool is that, that the top 10% of people in Asia Top, 10 of people, top 10% of people in Latin America, mm-hmm. top 10% of people in Oceania, you know, Australia, New Zealand, et cetera, are going to be able to advance independent of what's going on with the rest of the world. Like that is so friggin' cool. So, um, I think that's, a, that's another really great thing on the accessibility front. I think there are things like we've, um, doubled down on our partnership with the Out Foundation. So we talked a lot about giving people an option to self-identify around you know, gender preference, gender identity beyond the, you know, the male female cut we need to have for the, you know, for the, the games kind of competition and, um, and around, um, you know, kind of all, all other aspects. And, and we just were like, you know, we can r- race all these kinds of ethnicity. And we are like, we don't want to go there right now because then it feels like we're labeling people or, recommending that they label themselves and we more but what was so great about the out foundation is that they have their own scoreboards that people opt into so we've got a data feed going to them so if you want to compete based on your gender identity or gender preference or both or whatever you can you can do that in the games which is super cool via the Mm -hmm. out foundation and then we brought in um the adaptive athlete um thing as well which is really cool and that's not if you look at that purely like numerically financially, that's not the thing you would do, right? Because it actually takes, it's taking a bunch of resource for us. It's very complex to get all the adaptive um, divisions, right? And then all the programming, you know, scaled appropriately, but you do it because it's, it's basically sending a sign, right? To everyone that we want to send it to that CrossFit is truly for everyone. Mm -hmm. And and it's really, really cool. So the team kind of asked me early on, they said, look, I'm like, how many people does this impact? They're like, it's not a big number of people. It's really just walking our talk and showing very uh, very concretely what we stand for here, that CrossFit is accessible to everyone. So we're super excited, you know, um, there's some markets in the world where we're experimenting for the first time with a slightly lower price point, <laughs> uh, markets that have a lot of CrossFitters and a very low um, GDP per capita. And you might say like, hey, is like 20 bucks is nothing. But the reality is, you know, if, if you're, you know, if the annual household income is below $5,000, it turns out 20 bucks is a lot, you know, it is a lot. Right. So now, cause, cause you're making a hundred dollars a week or whatever. Right. It's, it actually, it it really matters. And so little we're we're experimenting with so many different things. It's stressing the shit out of everybody at CrossFit. We have, we have so much, uh, we have so many great engineers, and media people and people working on programming. We, I told everybody to try to unplug the week between Christmas and New Year's. And half of the team kind of laughed and said, not even close. Right. Like, we just literally can't do it right now. So people are working their butts off to kind of get this going we're we still have no no secret to any of us who have um who have been in the open before we still have a pretty crappy legacy technology platform to run the open in the games and my commitment to everybody right now is by this time next year it's going to be world class it's cool. going to be frigging phenomenal you know the, we'll have an amazing new app for it like it's just going to be great on so many dimensions it's going to per, uh, permit us to do a lot more virtual competitions, which is a big thing we're hearing from affiliate owners that they want to see. But we, right now we have you know, a legacy platform and we've all experienced for ourselves various ways in which it's it's clunky and so on. But we have a team that's just been doing a great job. One of the key things was that we've been very dependent on external consultants to um, to basically get the platform ready for the open every year. And um, this year we're dramatically, we're, we have great, uh, they're great external consultants they have been really helpful, but we're really reducing our dependency on them. And this is the last year where we'll, we'll need their help to do this. Um, we've just, I got a scoop for you. <gasps> Yesterday, yes. CrossFit's new chief technology and chief, Pro- chief product o- officer started. And I'm wow. so we have a fantastic world-class guy named Jeremy Landis. Who uh, who just joined the team and you're the first to hear it um, outside of the Wow members yesterday, and so this is like high on his list. Like we're going to make this thing world class, and it's really exciting. What the, what does uh, what's Jeremy's Fran time? Uh, <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. Um, Jeremy is brand new to CrossFit. Yay! Right but he did come. Um, what it was? It a month month and a half ago, whatever it was, he did come to Boulder and he got his level one credential. <gasps> All right. The rest, I, I had the whole, our whole executive team, right. Get our level one credential. That's a, that's something you just do now when you're leading CrossFit is you got to get your level one credential. Right. Oh
1: it's, my yeah. goodness.
2: And so Jeremy was a great sport. He came in and got that having, you know, he actually like, I'm watching like his overhead squat with the PVC, you know, in the L one. And I'm like, man, that took me, um, a year plus <laughs> to look like that. Do you so, not hate
1: yeah, those people? Like, oh,
2: I know. I know. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, that's what below parallel looks like. That's pretty cool. Whatever. Jeremy. God. Hey, Jeremy. And, and he pushed it pretty hard on the, um, you know, on the two wads. Like he, he, Good. he worked hard. It was really cool. Yeah. Right. He's definitely co- an athlete. I don't know that he's done a ton of strength <clears throat> training historically. He's clearly done a little bit, but he's got good mobility. He's got great cardio because he was, he was at altitude, you know, he lives in New York city. So he was a mile above his uh, home altitude. He uh,
1: didn't- who, um, who are the coaches for the executive L one
2: seminar? Uh, we had a great uh, group of people. Let me make sure I'm going to forget somebody Now we had Chuck.
1: Yes.
2: We had Denise. We had we had Jenny, and we had Leah. Um, I think that's it. Oh my
1: Bring god! Bring an all-star crew. How cool!
2: I hope I'm not forgetting somebody.
1: Oh, so funny.
2: please forgive me if I'm forgetting you. I post I posted a picture on Instagram. I should look at it right now. I have my phone <laughs> next to me. So if I forgot somebody, I'm so sorry. How funny. they were phenomenal. That's awesome. Like, I and it was so, it was so cool for me because we did it at, at my gym, you know, the gym I own CrossFit, Sanitas, and it was just so cool. And my, um, my ex Melissa, who's still a very good friend and who, who really leads the gym. Um, I'm just window dressing, you know, but, um, she was there. It was just, it was a really awesome, my oldest son who's 16, um, partic- and has some special needs, participated in some of it. It was, and we invited some, some good local friends. So it was a really, it was like a friends and family yeah. and CrossFit ex-team um, kind of L1. It was really special.
1: Wow, that is so great.
2: And we did what was really cool is we had these great uh, friends who are um, the, the, uh, the two founders of Wild Health um, who are great CrossFit doctors. You know, they're guys, they practice what they preach, Matt Dawson and Mike Mallon. And um, and they were there. Um, oh, Julie Fouché was there. She was not coaching or participating, but she was there for moral support and as a friend. And it was just it was such a cool thing. But the wild health guys brought rapid response covid tests. So we were able to get everybody kind of inside our little bubble for it. It was it was it was an absolute. And then, the, you know, the Buttery Brothers did a great little you know mini documentary on it. It was an, it was one of the absolute highlights of my time. Um, With CrossFit so far but it was just it was like almost like a life highlight it was so cool and because then because everybody was all COVID tested and all that I had a subset of them came came to dinner at my house it was just such a cool uh it was such a cool fun thing to uh to do and the participants were from 16 to 64 in the class too wow it's fantastic
0: Hey, Eric, I wanted to circle back to something you said. It got my mind working when you were talking about the Out Foundation. Will's a friend of mine, and they're doing great work. And so it was exciting to hear what you're doing with them through the open and and linking to their site. Someone had asked me the other day, uh, I was doing a Q&A in my story, and they were asking what are the two or three things you'd like to see CrossFit do moving forward. And one of them was I'd like, you know, I said, I'd like to see or can see you guys continue to put a lot of effort into DEI early on uh, and drive that part of the business. And I was bluntly like kind of shocked at some of the responses I got within the community. There seems to be a divide really around maybe an understanding of what diversity, equity and inclusion is. And so I guess I just wanted to hear from you, like, why has that been so important to you early on in this journey to, to get that to the forefront of what you're doing?
2: Give, I want to give that it's due and our time's up. So I'm going to push back my next meeting by, uh, by 10 minutes. Let me see. I might even be able to give you 15. Just we walk.
1: are officially ruining the CrossFit schedule right now. No, no, <laughs> thank you, Eric. I,
2: it's, such a, it's such an important <laughs> question. And I, I was thinking it's such a great conversation. I just looked at the time. and was like, oh, shit. I, it's clearly, the only thing I'm pissed at you guys about now is you're screwing out my punctuality score for the day. I just told uh, you I'm punctuality for the first time yeah.
1: I will email Parisa and I will tell no, her no, this my, is our fault.
2: I'm an internal locus and control guy. It's all on me.
1: <laughs> if anyone wonders why like CrossFit didn't like finish a bunch of shit this quarter, it's because we kept Eric on this call.
0: No, it's because it we, we look so much alike. I
2: could just FaceTime her and tell her yeah. it was my fault. So,
1: Listen, so sorry.
2: <laughs> John, that's been, uh, so that's been a little bit of my experience too. Um, what I've learned, I've, you know, I've not been a, I've not been a big social media guy. Now I'm posting a bit because it's, you know, part of the deal. And, you know, Instagram is such an important venue to talk directly to people in our community. Um, and I, and I'm enjoying it, but it's still not something that, you know, comes naturally to me. But I would initially would like read all the, the posts and be like, Oh my gosh, like what's, you know, kind of getting it from both sides, right? Getting like having one side. Feeling you haven't done enough, and having the other side saying, Is this just a sellout? Is this to? and so uh, I, I think I have a few takeaways here. One, the most important is you can't please everyone, and so if you choose to actually, um, instead like listen to people who have who feel like they authentically have something to, to contribute to the discussion, um, you don't have to take their advice, and when people seem like there's almost too much of an agenda or it's rote or it's not, you know, it's not going to help advance your thinking. I kind of tune it out as noise and try to really tune into what's authentic to me and what do I believe. And then I have the, I think that I have the courage of my convictions to have some many, even most people not agree with me and I'm willing to explain myself and I'm willing to be challenged. Um, But I'll still feel, I think like I did the best I could. And I kind of walked in my own truth. And so, you know, the commitment, so there, there are two ways to take this, like CrossFit's got a, you know, a diversity equity inclusion problem. One way to take it, which is the way I take it is society continues to evolve and change. And we all have a responsibility to tune into what's going on right now and looking at it how does that impact what we used to think? And if warranted change some things, not due to the pressure because the pressure really doesn't work that well for me. I'm, I'm a pretty, whatever. I'm pretty self-motivated guy. Like you can, you can try to pressure me, but that's probably not going to be the best way to have impact with me. It's going to be much more, much more likely to impact. If you can move me to your way of thinking through a thoughtful caring discourse that's very, you know, uh, very well backed intellectually and data driven and, you know, and, and all these kinds of things. And so, like, I've changed my point of view on a lot of things. So I just say that, yeah, everyone needs to focus on these things right now. It doesn't mean It doesn't mean go for the red stamp seal of housekeeping approval that certain people are demanding. It means to just look at what you what what do you want to show up like in the world and what do you believe in? Right. And so for me, it was really important. One of my first hires was to take Trish Gerlitz, who's been a a longtime friend and colleague. Um, for many years, for, you know, 14 years now, and and convince her to leave her great job and come in as our leader of culture and inclusion right from the beginning, right? And I knew I could trust her to to not, she wasn't there to be an instrument of what I thought. She was there to go really deep, to have a background in it already, and to help me think about this and help us decide what we should do and um and not try to please everybody But just to make sure we are doing what we could do to say, like, look, if we want if we know that our mission is to be the world's leading platform for health, happiness and performance, we got to be thinking about the whole world and we got to be doing what we can to offer a platform that can help a lot of them be healthier and happier. Right. And that's just a given. So if people feel excluded from that, for whatever reason, we need to really examine is that. You know, is is that something that we can uh, improve upon? And a lot of cases it is. But the, I think, John, the misconception that um, I think you you are referencing is when people think like, oh, that's a sellout, or it's somehow trying to placate people, or it's an admission that we've been doing something wrong, or and and we're like, that's not at all what it is. But it's it's a continuous quest to make ourselves better humans and higher performing, which is what we're doing in the gym. It's what we're all in this for anyway. And so like I've, you know, I have zero expertise in this area. I don't pretend to, I'm just fumbling along like everybody else trying to get a few, <laughs> you know, trying to get a few things right along the way. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, I really, I think I've gotten better again as I've learned the ways a social media of just like, I just don't read most of the posts, right. I, I'm just, it's, oh, people can disagree and they can, talk about, you know, everything from we're selling out to we didn't do enough of this or that, to there's a white savior complex or whatever things come up, like they're welcome to have those points of view. And we're going to be the kind of place where people can say what they want to say. And unless it's true hate speech, we're not going to block them from saying it, but we're not necessarily going to respond to it or alter the course of what we're doing unless it has real merit in our view for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. That's a long winded answer. I don't know if that's helpful at all. No, it's very helpful. I, you know,
0: I, <clears throat> I find we've got kind of bomb throwers on both sides that, mm. you know, you, you say the word inclusion, which is the word I used the other day. And some guy blew me up saying, how dare you call CrossFit racist? I'm like, all right, I didn't come close to calling anyone racist. Like inclusion isn't always about race. It could be your gym doesn't have a handicap ramp. Or how how about you speak
2: English all the time to sixty percent of your of your uh, affiliates and members (laughs) and people who love CrossFit and you speak English to all of them without even a translation option like that? To me, I was like, "Wow, this is a big example of like having a little more um, sensitivity to like the fact that you know again, if you're global, you have to think about the fact that you know I don't even know what the number is, but. You know, ten percent or less of yeah. the world is English as a as a first language, mm-hmm. and you can't go all the way. But like, let's do more to to come to people in ways that work for them. Whether you, yeah, again, I'm not going to go through all the different dimensions of inclusion because you'll you'll you know definitely leave some out. Then,
0: do, as do an
1: ESL baby, I approve this message.
0: Uh, <laughs> do you do you ever foresee a time where uh, you guys would? be passing down maybe HR training, sensitivity training, diversity, you know, classes t- directly to the affiliates, much like you do a level one?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, those are the kinds of things we think about. Um, I don't know enough. I know, I know enough to know from the corporate world that studies I've seen have shown that some of those classes don't actually have a big impact. They're more of a check of on the way people, uh, you know, see things. But I don't know really what I'm talking about there. I've just heard this from others. And so to the extent we do something, and this is my commitment, by the way, across the board on everything. And I want to be challenged, you know, when I violate, I'm sure I'll, you know, we'll make some missteps. I'm not going to do anything in check the box mode. You know, if we do something, we're going to do something because we believe it can be really impactful and make, um, you know, just make CrossFit better. So we, you know, there's people leaning us to say like, yeah, put put um, inclusion curriculum into the L1 or launch a separate track. I, those things were open to it. What we're really doing, right, is we're, we're pulling together and I think we'll finalize it in the next few weeks, our first kind of DEI council that will be people who don't actually work for us but are really invested in, cro- in the CrossFit ecosystem. And they will help us, help point us to the things that are most important for us to focus on with initially primarily a US lens which, um, you know, you could challenge, by the way, but we've got we to start to bite off pieces of the elephant and make some progress. And then we will expand that globally. And so you will see us working on some key initiatives around that beyond the things we've already done, heavily, heavily informed by the, um, the research opinions and work of a very diverse group of advisors that we're pulling together for this standing council. And that, I, I can't imagine... You know, you can't foresee not having some body like that to help us think about things like that. Hmm. Well, we want to be respectful of
0: your time, but I, I'll give—I will give you a really quick feedback. Um, you know, the commercials you guys ran at the games were spectacular from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, and and I lurked on your website a little bit this morning, and you guys have done tremendous work, even in changing the visibility there. I mean, representation hmm. matters to people, and. The web, just the website alone, looks infinitely different than it did a year ago, yeah. um, and I, you know, I think that's that's big work. It, it doesn't go unnoticed from the community. So thank you for what you guys
2: are doing. Yeah, I, got I, great, I appreciate you saying that, John. Thank I got you.
1: great feedback too on the stories and and things that we ran in in when we did phase one of the games and we did the pre show and we had some of those similar stories running on uh, on our stream same, same kind of feedback from across People the board. Well, it was great and, to and see.
2: You guys know, as you both know, cause you've been around for a while, like a lot of that stuff was not necessarily new content, right? right? There's so much great stuff there, which is to your point, John is I'm not cons- like, there's no need to go there. Has CrossFit historically been racist or sexist or anything else is I'm, we have absolutely had aspects of that just like everyone else. And in most cases at our best, we haven't remotely been that. And so the goal is I just keep reminding people the goal is just to be at our best more often. We know what that looks like and, and also to just keep evolving and to just. You know, feel again. I'm I'm not going to feel like we're placating anybody or checking the box. Like I just won't be in that position. We talked about this, just bringing it full circle as we end in front of the call. As I think about like you know the legacy that I want to leave here, it's one of just really being authentic in all the decision making. Right? It's not one of being perfect. We we slash I I will screw up many deci- many decisions along the way, and even the ones that I feel are good, other people might feel I've screwed up i that's a given let's plan for that but i'm going to authentically try to do what we think is right keep learning get a lot of input try to keep getting better and have you know smarter and better people around me who feel comfortable you know giving me very brutal feedback which happens every day it's <laughs> great stuff
0: yeah well eric thank you for coming on next time we have you on we're going to do a music episode so we didn't I'm get so to it today yeah we'll do it in person i'm yes. in we'll bring guitars we're going to talk about musical influences we'll play some music uh if Dan Bailey shows up, I'll have the smallest biceps in the group. It'll be great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much thanks for your time, you. Eric. We so appreciate it. Yeah, yeah,
2: thanks for having me. And John, good luck with the, uh, with the recovery. Thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, for
0: everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us. And we'll chat with you guys soon.